Hey guys, welcome back to the Fashion School Dropout. Today's guest is fashion stylist Manny J. He has styled some of the dopest people you could think of from Saweetie to Machine Gun Kelly to Mingli Simmons, Bad Bunny, and most recently, Dreezy, just to name a few. So we're going to learn all about how he got to his level of success in just a moment. So welcome, Manny. I'm so glad I was able to get penciled into your booked and busy schedule. <laughs> yes. Hi, girl. How you doing? I'm good. So I know you just got back from New York Fashion Week. How was that? It was amazing. Um, I've gone to New York Fashion Week a few times, and I've never really actually gone with a client. So mm -hmm. I feel like I got a different, uh, like, an even better perspective of that side of, like, production and stuff like that. Because we were able to go to, like, behind the stage and meet different designers. I've never done that on my own. So I thought that was just kind of, like, a blessing and really cool experience. Wow, that's amazing. So I just want to backtrack a little bit. I always like to start off with the basics. So tell our listeners where you're from and what made you want to pursue a career as a stylist. Okay, um, I'm from a small town um, in Pennsylvania. It's a little outside of Philly. It's called Lancaster. Um, like literally, like it's so small. Like I used to see like, like horse and buggies, like Amish people typically live there. So oh. That's real <laughs> yeah, so definitely was a different uh I moved to New York. That's when I started pursuing fashion. Um I'm a cancer survivor as well. So like right after I uh graduated from high school, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Wow. Yeah, girl. So uh I was like, uh, hmm, like a year. It took like a year to uh get into remission. So it was two rounds of chemo and then just like consolidation chemo, which is something that like locks in your uh, remission. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty long process. And uh, during that time, I really said to myself, if I could beat this, I'm gonna pursue like the ultimate dream. And that was for me always working in fashion and styling was something I've done for a long time. Like even in high school and middle school, like going shopping with my friends for uh, like school, like I was picking out their outfits. So like. At that time, I didn't know that was a job, you know, like that was just something I was doing. So, yeah, yeah. I just when I beat cancer, I said, you know what, I'm moving to New York. And yeah, and that's kind of when I got into really understanding the industry. And I think that's what prepared me to move to L.A. That's so inspiring. And you're such a positive and great spirit to be around and you survive something um, like that. So we're going to get into any obstacles like that you've experienced a little bit later, but I just wanted to ask you, um, did you ever go to fashion school or anything, like take any classes, or did you just straight up take the plunge and said, this is what I got to do and, you know, jump for it? Um, like, yes, I actually only took like one semester. I went to um, the Art Institute of York, Pennsylvania, literally like right after high school and then mm -hmm. I got diagnosed I graduated in June went to school in fall so it was like September I believe but then in January is when I got diagnosed with cancer uh that following year so I only lasted a semester and luckily I wasn't in school because I probably would have dropped out regardless of once I got cancer you know what I mean but after that first semester it was like from September to December I was done <laughs> <laughs> So did you do any internships or anything? Like, um, yes, I did. Um, I actually interned for uh, 
Apuje Kalu. He's a um a men's stylist. He's well, he does both actually. He's all around stylist, but he is so amazing. And he taught me a lot of what I know today. And he was the one that like put me on to like for real the celebrity styling aspect of it. Um and then after him, I assisted for Law Roach, which that was like amazing. And I call it like styling boot camp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you learned a lot from Law and Apuje. Those are amazing stylists. Yes, everything. I would definitely say like before them, I was like calling myself a stylist without really <laughs> knowing it. Right, without really knowing what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that you said that because I wanted to talk about you know how social media affects. Um, the industry, because like you said, like anybody can call themselves a stylist these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with social media because of this. So, you know, anyone can say their stylist in their bio, but what differentiates the real stylist from the social media ones are a mm-hmm. few factors, including your work ethic, your connections mm-hmm. to brands, designers, your network, and all of that. So, which we know as stylists, who you know is everything, but there's just a lot of people out here styling people mm-hmm. mainly celebrities for free just for a tag like mm-hmm. and that's kind of changing the industry what are your thoughts on that and how social media is affecting the game um you know i i i am a believer that you know sometimes you have to fake it till you make it uh-huh. so i believe that like if someone believes they are a stylist then great but i think what differentiates like someone who's successful and someone who's just a stylist is that just that like being successful takes a long time and it requires a lot of your uh, time. It requires knowing that like social media is cute and all, but social media don't pay the bills. So like, if you're really trying to get into it, you gotta, like people paying nowadays, not for, people can get stopped for free every day, all day. And nowadays I think what differentiates that is that, um, you know, you need to bring quality, you know, like people are now are paying for the quality of sh- like stuff. I was about to cuss, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, I try to like, you know, always bring stuff to my fittings that um, someone's not necessarily trying to spend their money on, you know, like, and um, I try to like, just continue to like, like you said, just grow my, uh, grow my network and try to like, discover new talent, discover or find out who is the top PR person in a brand that I need to work in, work with. You know what I mean? Like my girl needs to wear that. You know what I mean? So I think that it's all about just putting the work in. And I think that a lot of people on social media just think that whatever you post is enough. And uh, it's more than that, you know? Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the PR because people don't realize how much time we spend on the computer sending emails and researching brands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, and it's, there's so many new designers every day. So it's like, our job never stops, you know? Absolutely. So I also think social media makes people think the job is so easy because people, they're only seeing the highlights. Like sometimes I put in my story, I'm at a fitting at 2 a.m., but mm-hmm. you don't really get that full picture unless you're actually in it. Like, have you ever found that you have to give someone like an intern or an assistant a reality check? Because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, no matter how many times we say this isn't glamorous as it seems, there's still people that who say they want to intern for us because we work with celebrities or whatever and still don't get that it's actually a job. 
Yep. I always tell my interns, I'm like, this is a service. Like, yes. not to say I'm not their friend, like my client's friend, but at the end of the day, like they can call another stylist and I could still be their friend, but I'd be out of job, out of a job. You know what I mean? So like I go to my fittings and try to make it the most professional experience possible. And I think that's what I try to teach my intern. And, you know, um, I think a lot of people just want to be at the fitting and they want to just see the moment and they don't want to put the hard work in because it takes more than just that. And even getting to the fitting is a lot of physical labor, you know, like, so I just think that I try to, um, if you're not like, you know, if you're not, if I'm working harder than you, then we got a problem. (laughs) Like, you know, so because I'm very hands-on. So like, if I'm picking stuff up and you're watching me pick stuff up, then we got a problem, you know? (laughs) So true. I'm sure we've all had the interns where, you know, we're over here organizing shoes and they're on their phone. Like, yeah, that's uh-uh. not cool. <laughs> no. Have you ever had to put anyone in check? Yeah, girl. <laughs> I, have to, I have to put plenty, but, you know, I, I'm very easy to work with. So I feel like if, like, you know, I just want to see someone with the ambition I have. Yeah. You know? That's what I look for in an intern, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So going back, how did you land your first celebrity client? And what advice would you give to someone who wants to work for celebrities? Um, okay. So it just kind of depends on the bracket of celebrity, you know, because I, I, I think I started out really doing like reality stars. Uh-huh. I kind of started. And then like gradually, gradually, very slowly got into like, you know, I kind of want to work with the upper echelon Hollywood. You know, I, I don't see myself doing reality ever if it is it's like you know super mega star but I just feel like um I think my first client was like "Mm, maybe like Ava Gutowski she's like a YouTube uh a YouTuber I think that was like the first girl where she was like millions of followers and like I was able to pull different brands that I never could pull before you know what I mean um so she I think kind of was like the first girl I would consider like she was a celebrity that people respected her and people were actually like loaning their, their better stuff, you know, like, so I felt like that was probably my first client. Yeah. We all been to the showroom where they're like, uh, you can only pull from this rack. And it's like, like three pieces. It's a sad rack. (laughs) It's like, you know, that, um, is that the, is that the Facebook, I mean, Instagram filter where it's like the, the the leaves that fall down and it's just, That's how the rack looks. When, when, That's you know. what it seems like. <laughs> but then when you get a celebrity, like you said, with um, a bigger following or influence, then it's like the whole showroom opens up to you and it's, you get used to it. Like, okay, I can't right. go back. Right, right. 10 pieces. Nope. <laughs> so what um, advice would you give to someone who wants to do celebrity styling? Because I feel like that's the most popular route, celebrity and editorial. Um... I'd say just, you know, continue reaching out to, like, find the PR people and then continue, like, testing and making sure if you're reaching out to, like, professional people, managers, you can provide that work that shows that you're ready for that client. You know, don't just hit somebody up and say what you can do. Show what you can do. And I think that just requires continue to test, find amazing photographers, like, amazing team to work with, and, you know, continue continue testing, continue, and then reach out when you feel like your work looks like the quality of work you, you want to work with, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I did, and I'm just going to be 100% honest. That's, mm-hmm. You just continue to work, and then you continue to reach out, and I think it's a, a good balance of both. 
You got to be persistent because I feel like a lot of people they don't hear back once and they're like, okay, I give up. But no, you can't get anywhere with that mindset. Um, so right now, aside from your celebrity styling, you're working at Galore Magazine as an editor. Congratulations! Thank you. Yes, that's so much fun. Yeah. So how did you land that role? That's such a dope thing. So I like knew about the magazine for years and I always used to like reach out but never hear back so I was like okay whatever but I always put everything into the universe you know so I was like one day I'm gonna work with them and then I was fortunate enough to have another stylist friend his name is Joey uh Tao he um he passed off a job to me with Galore and it was uh my first cover which was with the musician her and um I just knew I had to bring my a-game because I loved the magazine I loved her and I also wanted to like you know my friend would refer to me to this so I don't want to make him look stupid because he's amazing as well so um just worked my butt off I think I had like two or three days to prep or like two days and I mean I was on the internet for like hours just reaching out reaching out reaching out and then yeah I pulled for it and then I went there with probably more than like 50 pair of shades because I knew that's what ah, it was you know, like I was like nah we come with and I was getting the brands you know like I was like this is what we got I was spending my own money I was investing my own money into it, like buying Gucci shades. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. really making sure I had to just come with it. <laughs> well, I love that because she is known for wearing you know, her shades. So you can't just come with two pairs and expect right. her. No, you got to bring <laughs> options, even if the options look the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, I love that editorial that you did. Um, I feel like you had done some stuff for them before that, but um, I love the Gucci shirt that you had her in with the rainbow, so bomb. Yeah, um, I did do something with them. If you hear that little beep, sorry, that's my emails. I don't know how to turn that off. But, um, but, um, I did actually submit a, submit a job that I did already. I did something creative with my friends and we did like an editorial and we um, wanted to submit it to different publications. So I submitted it, they picked it up and then we did the her cover wow. like it was kind of back to back to back amazing mm -hmm. so let's get real for a minute i was doing a little snooping on your instagram or rather research for the podcast <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie i got down to like 2013 and i saw a little 10 second clip of what appeared to be you on a reality show oh yes girl that was fun Ah, okay, so talk to me about that. It was like some um little overseas uh network. Um, I can't even remember the name, but <laughs> they, <laughs> we did like a little reality show. They did like different people, uh, different stylists from different countries, and um, only two were from America, which was me and another girl. And at that time, I was a New York representative because I lived there. She represented LA because she lived here in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Yeah, we all got into this little competition. Um, I actually uh, basically eliminated myself the day I decided to go home because I had got really food sick with food poisoning up in the Philippines. It was in the oh. Philippines. Yes. So basically backtrack, you had to be in the Philippines and you were basically just kind of like scavenging or like they would give you like bare materials, bare stuff. And you had to like reinvent the garment and make an editorial. It would be like theme by theme though every week. And you kind of basically had no resources for real clothes over there and they just kind of at that time at least and they just kind of made it based off of that 
and it was kind of fun. It was more creative than anything. Kind of so, sounds like Project Runway. Kind of, yeah. I think Project Runway has better. I mean, we were really going through it over there. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. And then I got sick, so I said, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> That's what I did. Wait, so how did you eliminate yourself? You were just, did you tell the producers, I can't do this? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I actually, like, the day we had a, I was, I had a fever of, like, 107 or, so, like, 106. It was, like, really, I felt like death, literally. I was like, I'm not about to die in the Philippines. Oh, my God. So wow. They, like, I really, I mean, they, I, I flew back first class, girl. They felt so bad for me. You know, like, it was bad. <laughs> so, <Man. laughs> is there anywhere that we can see the show, or is it, like, not available? I don't see it anymore. It was a long time ago on YouTube, but I think they took all of them down, girl. Yeah, I was trying to see you in action. Yeah. But- <laughs> okay so we discussed that you've worked with some huge names um you've had such an amazing career so far and you're still so young but we know that no one's journey is perfect especially in this business so you talked a little bit about being a cancer survivor which is amazingly commendable um talk to me more about you know that obstacle that you experienced and how it shaped your outlook on life um yeah um basically um, I was like I said, 19 years old, and um, which now I'm 29, thank God. So you know, I just feel like it was one of those things where it came, and I just knew I was like, yo, this I'm not meant to die. So whatever this is going on, like I just got to make sure I like eat this, and like, you know, I think that life is hard. Like if we, you're never gonna meet no one that says their life was easy, and anyone that does, like, stay away from me. You know, you can't relate. And I just feel like, you know, life is supposed to be hard. Your career is never supposed to come. Even when you talk to people, like the most successful, successful people, they're going to tell you it's hard, you know? So I just think it's about just like what cancer taught me was just, this is going to be hard, but there's going to be things that are harder, mentally harder, whatever. So I just feel like, yeah, that's what that taught me. And that's kind of what I carry day to day. Like, even when I'm like, not feeling it, you know, like I'm like, oh, like, remember where you were, remember where you want to be, and just kind of continue to push, you know? Was there ever a moment where you thought that you wanted to quit or give up? Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, we all, as stylists, think we were the best. You know, like, I would. why would you want to do this if you didn't think you were good at dressing? Yeah. You know? So I think that, yeah, there was times where I felt like, I could have done this client. I could have done this person. Like, I don't know if maybe I'm not meant to do it on this higher caliber or whatever. So I don't know. I like maybe contemplating doing other things, but then I always remembered like, dang, like, no, like, you know, like little self, little, even personal, like victories, like, Oh, I finally got in contact with someone from this PR company. Now, although they said, no, I have their personal contact now. Cause they replied on the personal, like, e- like I'm not, email and the generic email you know like those are little victories for us in my opinion so I just always say like man like one day it's gonna happen like these little little signs they add up you know yeah. you're so inspiring and talented Thank what you. advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time when you were first starting out um I would tell myself stop giving myself like deadlines you know like I'd be like by 25 I need to do this and more or less just ride the wave because I think that pressure that I used to put on myself used to make me get upset and like 
and now that I don't do that to myself and I just kind of just every day is a new day and I know I feel like I'm in a circuit now where people are hitting me up like people that I want to work with are hitting me up now so it's kind of cool that now I don't have to do as much of the reaching out now I could just perfect my craft and people will take notice you know so I think that no deadlines just work harder every day you kind of just like go with the flow and see where you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah so now that you got a full plate I'm sure that you always need extra hands and you've always been so open to teaching what would you say to aspiring stylists who are listening right now on advice on how to get an internship and how to you know come correct to a stylist such as yourself um yeah I think that you know I just you just reach out introduce yourself um don't be like I always tell stylists don't be like hella comfortable around someone who's teaching you something just kind of always be like alert and there you know like so I think that it's all about just no like putting yourself in the position one day you'll get an email for an intern that wants to intern with you what would you want to see you know mm -hmm. and I think that like that if you email me you, you're like professional because I, I want my stylist internship interns to be profess, professional you know like um, they're going to be sending emails on your behalf so you got to be no professional. just don't email me weird stuff like yo 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 i think that because i've gotten stuff like that and that's weird like um how you were saying like don't get comfortable i get so many emails people emailing me saying hey girl i love your work but i'm like i don't even know you like, right. like don't <laughs> Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> and I also got one time this girl, oh my God, when Polyvore was still around, I guess, she sent me 22 attachments of her quote unquote portfolio. And I'm like, what makes you think that's okay? Like, yeah. first of all, when you're my intern, you're not the one that's going to be styling. I am. So I don't really need to see your work. But 22 attachments, that was just right, 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 right. Doing the most. <laughs> yeah, I definitely at this point like interns. I, I mean, I'm 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 trying to like you know grow a real team, and I'm I'm working on that. So yeah. I just kind of just give people. I tell them, for realistically, you got a sixty day trial. Like I just want to see what you can do in sixty days, you know. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of what I'm working towards with people that I'm working with now, like because you know internships could last. And I think that you shouldn't want to intern for a stylist for like two weeks and then quit or get fired. You know, you should want to actually stick it out and see what. Because if you're working with somebody that's busy, you're going to have moments where you're going to go into showrooms yourself and you got to prove to the stylist you understand their aesthetic. Like, you know, it's a job. Yep. Only through. the strong survive. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell you how many interns, like, they, you know, they reach out and then after a few days of returns, they don't, <laughs> you don't hear back anymore. But that's honestly the easy part. So. <laughs> that's the easy part, but. You know, yeah. and like you said, the strong survive. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that was some amazing advice. And is there anything else that you want to add on before we um, end our interview? I mean, you know, just uh, for all the aspiring stylists out there, just continue to work hard, pray hard. And I think that everything good comes your way when you're actually trying and you're actually with a whole heart. And, you know, I think that's what this is all about. Fashion is about love and just you know loving what you do loving fashion loving art you know so there you go well thank you so much manny for this 
amazing conversation and great advice that you've given to these aspiring stylists. I hope you guys have picked up, been taking notes and picked up on Manny's advice. So be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.